Hey everyone, welcome to episode 40 of Layout. Uh, today we talk about if the future of graphic design layout will be automated. And then that triggered a conversation about what it means to be human and real and not like a computer program. And we also talk about our other favorite design podcasts. So with that said, let's get to the show. All right. Okay. Um, so first thing I want to talk about today um, is this thing called Designscape. Um, and I don't know if the listeners have heard of it, uh, but the way I learned about it was uh, through Koiven's uh, blog. It's uh, a blog. Blog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, IRL talk reference. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, Designscape is this experimental system from... Uh, Adobe Research, and basically its purpose is to uh, demonstrate a system that aids the design process by making interactive layout suggestions. Um, so what they mean by that um, is they have this like kind of canvas uh, where you can place elements uh, and you can move them around. But let's say you take uh, some piece of text and you drop it on top of a photo. Um, it's then going to recommend you some suggestions for how to improve your layout based on what you did. Uh, and you can even like make it kind of like reflow automatically. Um, and, and then like they have a bunch of weird like different options. Of course, like this is all a research thing. Um, so I, like I don't expect that this, this would be a f- final UI, but you can like lock certain items in place so that um, if you want the title to always stay in the top left, you can lock that there in place uh, and then have the other elements around it move. So yeah, I thought that was interesting because it touches like a couple points that I'm that I'm interested in. Uh, one is uh, about how like we're already seeing automation of design. And I know we've talked about it a bit in the past, so I don't know, I might try to dig up the episode, but I think it's like kind of interesting that we, uh, I don't know, it, it, for me, at least it always seemed like, oh, like there's no way a machine is ever going to be able to do what I do, but they're already like, this is a great example of how they're clearly like, this is something that works today, able to do like some parts of our jobs and in some ways i think they can probably do some tasks better than us like I've, i'm looking at some of the different examples and like of course i mean of course like this is a test right like it's not perfect and like it uses horrible icons and illustrations and stuff like that uh, but if i'm like look past that like i think at least for like the general public, like this can help them create something that's going to be much better than what they could ever ever done. Um, and then I'm also looking at um, uh, I'm trying to find the name of that example um, when it says portraits of Ichiro <laughs> Takimura. Uh, excuse my sure. spelling, uh, my pronunciation, but. I like I think it, it like suggests really interesting layouts that maybe you wouldn't even think to to even try. So yeah, I don't I don't know. Like what do you think of this? Like is it scary? Is that like do you think it's it's like doing a, a terrible job at 
uh, replicating what a design would do to design a layout? Or like, what are you thinking about this? I think this is a pretty cool piece of tech. And uh, I think that the thing we, we talked about automation last time, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was a Microsoft thing where it could uh, like predict, like you start drawing something, it would predict the rest of the drawing. Yeah. Right? Like it would draw for you. I yeah. think that, w- that was it. This is pretty cool. This is pretty awesome. Uh, from the videos, from the demos, like it is pretty impressive. But <laughs> taking the title of the blog post, uh, <laughs> Like, basically, the future of graphic design will be automated. That's where I kind of like, you know, uh, I really don't buy it. I don't think this, like, designers should be worried because this will be automated. This is like just raising the, the standard, the default. Like, everything should, like, you shouldn't really have text overlapping, like, a, like photos or whatever, like, <laughs> You know, of course, you could do that stylistically, but like in a sloppy way. Uh, and it would be great if, uh, imagine that this tech um, would be built in into Keynote or, uh, you know, PowerPoint or even Microsoft Word. So non-designers, they're doing their, their editing and they're styling their document and, and they, the software could um, like suggest or fix it for you. Like, hey, uh, you know, this these all these objects could have the same width let's make it that let's make the distance across elements like equal and stuff like that that just cleans it up and looks way better uh like automatically i would love this to be like built in a lot of software nowadays Mm -hmm. but is it it's kind of like templates right like squarespace didn't ruin web development and web design uh they just like have really good templates and really good standards like now i think it's it's way harder to justify someone to have like a crappy website because you can go with squarespace or you know there are a lot of templates and good options out there so this is kind of like it like it's not that we're not going to need any more designers but maybe for people who wouldn't hire a designer anyways now they're they're better off does that make sense yeah no totally i think like there is obviously like a lot of really clear and direct um, implementations of this that could benefit a lot of people. Um, but I think mm-hmm. like even for designers, like I think this this would be a useful tool. And I, I'm looking at the title because um, I I didn't realize, but since you brought it up, um, in in the future, graphic design layout will be automated. If if like I have to think about the future, I would say yes. That that seems right to me. Like that we would automate this process and that doesn't mean that there wouldn't be a human behind it that's still making decisions uh but but to me like at least like i, I mean that's kind of my process already of like tr- basically what i i would do if i had to lay out a, a web page i would like basically try i don't know like five or six different kinds of layouts uh and then kind of choose between them in a way like that's a lot of my my process like if you're i don't know if you're familiar mm. with the um um design by by brute force kind of philosophy <laughs> it's just like okay you're gonna try as many ideas as possible and then mm. you're gonna be able to narrow that down and i feel like 
you could very much automate that and that would save me a lot of time and that could actually like create more interesting interesting layouts like we talk a lot about how yeah. every single website looks exactly the same well i don't know maybe that's that's one solution right yeah and, and we already are trying to automate a lot of stuff <laughs> Uh, you know, responsive design and all. We yeah. want that on our tools and adaptive layouts and stuff like that. Uh, and instead of uh, setting the pixel width of elements, just saying, all right, take 100% of the, the container or whatever. And just like do all that automatically or like fit to grid or something like that. Automation is not a bad thing. <laughs> it just make, It's not that it's going to replace designers. It's only going to make designers' job easier. Yeah, exactly. Right? Uh, it reminds me a bit of uh, uh, Rene from uh, John Gold. Do you remember this? Mm, uh, I can no? send you a link to the, to the blog post. But basically, it's he made this tool, and I don't think like it's meant to be final or anything, like or be used by people. But it was just like a really interesting demo. And so basically, uh, the idea is um, you have this artboard. Uh, and you can lay out some type, uh, and then you have all these options uh, like font family, font weight, size, line height, uh, align, and then blah blah blah. Uh, and basically, what you can do is rather than like tweak the fonts and have them update right in the artboard, uh, you can basically add multiple font families for like the title, the body. Um, you can add different font sizes and stuff like that. And basically what it does is rather than put everything into one artboard, it creates a bunch of artboards for all the different uh, combinations. Uh, so after that, like once you've selected a bunch of fonts and a bunch of um, different sizes and stuff like that that you want to tweak, you can just like scroll down the list and look at the ones that are actually interesting and you're like, okay, this is interesting. I'm going to select that one, that one, that one. Uh, and then from there you can do even further customizations. So it's like really cool to me how like new design tools like that kind of use that mm -hmm. automation to help you make better decisions faster rather than be like the simple, like one purpose tool that is like, okay, I'm going to help you tweak this thing uh, till it's perfect, but like you're giving me 100% of the input. Um, this is like kind of taking another side and being like, hey, I can like recommend some stuff and just tell me whatever you like. Uh, and I think that's very interesting. It is very cool. Uh, we're going to put a link in the show notes for the listeners to check out. Uh, I, I gotta be honest, I'm not uh, very good at that. Like I, I, I don't do that as often as I would like to, uh, meaning that like keep older versions of stuff around and like, you know, just make a copy and, and work on that. Right. I just, oh like, man, you should see my artboards and sketch. And, uh, I've seen a few, uh, like how you work. I remember when you showed me something, uh, it's uh, like, yeah, it's something that I really would like to do. Figma is coming up with some things that might help you on that uh, soon. Uh, and I know, I know Figma is coming up with some interesting solutions um, that may help you on this matter or not. We'll see. Uh, I spoke <laughs> too much already. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Hagrid reference. 
All right. Uh, cool. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll be keeping an eye out for that stuff. And it's really cool that there is more and more. I mean, I think it's pretty much like a, the- a recurring theme uh, in the show. But um, I think it's really interesting, like how some people are coming up with those ideas. Like I never thought about this before um, seeing it. And it's I think it's really cool. And I mean, that's that's why I love design. That's why I love tech is that it things keep changing and what my job is like today has like is going to have nothing to do with how I'm going to be doing it in five years so uh really cool ready for that future just like uh in the future I'm going to be a YouTuber because designers are going to be <laughs> replaced by a software uh, <laughs> should designers vlog <laughs> actually blog um this is a recurring theme in our show but it's a recurring theme in in humanity like <laughs> we freak out uh, it was probably since the matrix or whatever <laughs> we freak <laughs> out that machines are going to take over uh of course with the industrial revolution and all but this is a recurring theme and if you take a look at uh, even like hollywood and stuff because uh, like hollywood really represents the society at the time that like movies come out so we had like in the eighties a lot of uh, movies in space in other planets because that was that was what we were scared and like it was on our mind uh, as humans because all of the space exploration went to the moon and stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, and then we just have like zombies because we were subconsciously afraid that we were becoming very uh, like I guess humans very like complacent and just like lazy bastards so we have this notion of zombies Uh, anyway so right now i feel like we have this notion of ai and we are afraid of again just like we had i mean robots like you have that since the terminator and stuff like that but now it's more real because now it's not just like robots now it's uh, artificial intelligence really is a thing um i mentioned westworld the show it's like (laughs) when so in the show, and without spoiling anything, oh yeah, don't spoil it, please. If you, <laughs> I'm not. So basically, like if you have a robot or whatever, and you code it, robot or not, <laughs> if you if you code it, coded emotions, and like they feel fear and they feel joy because you know humans like they were coded to feel that to receive those impulses and feel that. How is it any different than we humans feeling that? Because it's also impulses coming from our brain. Um, so where? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like it's it's not any different. It's it's exactly the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like if you say, well, if if it doesn't have any, you know, like if it doesn't have flesh or heart or blood, that's another like argument well if it's a machine then it's not human well you could ask what what if you you were in a car accident and you had like a you know you replace your hand with the machine hand and then you replace your leg and then you replace uh your ear and maybe your face like when does do you stop being human and you become like a robot that's very interesting to me Anyway, uh, I, I think I went on a tangent. Uh, <laughs> no, that's super interesting. I, I don't know. I feel, yeah, I mean. where, do, where Where's the turning point? There isn't. And that's what I'm trying to well, say. Like, 
it's not different in any way. Yeah, I mean, like on a sh- short term, it's like as long as your brain is still functioning, like you you might have like artificial limbs and stuff like that, but like your like decision making part of your brain, as long as that's still intact, I guess, like you're still that same you're the same person, right? Your brain is a bunch of cells uh, sending electric impulses to each other. <laughs> it's like your heart. Right, your heart is like a motor. You can replace it. I mean, mm-hmm. that that is real. That happened. <laughs> but could you like, replace your brain? Like, well, not today. But scientists have already, like, atom by atom, uh, replicated. Uh, I think it's like a, a mouse's brain, right? Right. Like you, you created a hardware version of a brain, exactly. Like, yeah. I I mean, I f- I feel like. If you are able to produce a brain that is like has the same memories, has the same everything from a human brain, and like whether that's mm. like you're just like transplanting that into another like brain or a like mechanical thing or like downloading it to a hard drive, I feel like if it's it has the same like knowledge, has the same memory, functions the same even though you technically wouldn't be the same person, that would be an identical copy of you. So, mm-hmm. uh, like, I feel like you'd just be the same person, kind of. <laughs> like, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be you, you, but it would be a copy of you that is just the same. Yeah, but if it's a copy, then it's you, you. It's another you, you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? It's like the Black Mirror episode with uh, John Hamm, I think, when, you know... That character makes a backup of her brain, of her conscious, of herself, mm-hmm. but it's just like software. Yeah, just backed it up. Yeah, and we and we see the story through that backup perspective, right? To her, she's still the the exact same person, but now she's like in this weird room because she's software now. But she feels everything. She's she's just it's the same you. Yeah, I think the problem is occurs when they diverge. Like if mm. like the original copy still exists, um, then it is kind of weird because because I'm so, like, I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have you heard of this video game called Soma? No. Okay, so Soma is uh, like an indie video game. It was released last year, so 2015. And it's it's supposed to be like a science fiction uh, survival horror game, but forget about the horror. It really isn't. Um, it's it's a very smart, interesting game, and just because of the plot. So here's the plot: you are um, a patient. You you have like a terminal brain disease, so you are going to this doctor, like experimental doctor, trying to do something, trying to save you. And one of the things that they, that they did was they completely scanned your brain, right? To try to understand it and maybe try to find a cure or something. Right. Like, a, like a, a, a complete, thorough scan of your brain. So you as a character, you go to this lab and you do the scan. And then right after the scan, you wake up in this dystopian world where everything, like there's just a lot of robots and you are underwater and it's super weird. And you talk to robots and the robots, they don't really 
realize that they are robots they talk to you like they're person like they're humans mm. which is super weird and you really you spend a lot of time just you can't understand what the hell is going on and then later you realize that you are also a robot but you didn't notice it <laughs> <laughs> okay so you feel like you're a human but you're with all the yeah. all other robots yeah but here's right. why so i'm completely spoiling the game by the way <laughs> Um, so we're gonna have we're gonna add chapters. So if you want to play this, play uh, skip. Yeah, well, it's the <laughs> audience. It's, 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 <laughs> it's great that it's great that you're adding the disclaimer after spoiling everything. No, no, no. I haven't spoiled. This is like the first ten minutes. Oh, okay. This is the first 10 minutes. Okay, cool. Um, so now, now I'm gonna spoil it. So um, you are in the future where basically there was like a catastrophe or like a I don't know. Something happened to the, to Earth, and all uh, living living forms in the surface of the Earth are dead. So the only remaining humans are this team that was uh, on this research lab underwater. So blah blah blah. And this is in the future. And one of the things that they've come up with to kind of like save humanity would be to create uh, scans of uh, the remaining humans. Put them in like a like a probe, like a like a satellite or something, and send it to space, right? Because mm-hmm. on Earth they wouldn't survive. So basically, the only way to keep humanity alive would be to have humans in software floating in space, right? The, the, like they're conscious. That would be the only way. That was like the last hope. Um, right. So people started. They they started doing scans of people to put them in this probe right so they can live on forever in software what people realized was when they scan you they're creating a, a copy of your conscience and uploading into the probe they they're not killing you you don't transfer yourself to software right right so you would say yes i want to be on a probe and live forever as a human conscience on this software they would scan you boop and well Okay, you are going to live forever in this probe, but you know, you you going to stay here in the water and probably die. Um <laughs> and people would freak out. So some of them decided, well, you know what? If when I get scans, I I have I basically I create I have two copies of myself, right? Mm-hmm. Um so if I immediately after the scan I kill myself, my physical self, then I would actually like I would live on just as, that would just be one copy of myself, right? Yeah. So a lot of people started killing themselves after the scans, which would be crazy, but not really. Like I, I can sympathize, I can understand the the point of yeah, view. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like a crazy thing to want to do in that situation. Like that seems quite mm-hmm. rational to me. That's like, well, yeah. this is too complicated. Like I'm not going to be living two lives in parallel. And even then, like everything that I'm gonna do now doesn't even matter because my like real backup is not gonna remember any of that stuff. So I'm gonna like basically reset back to where I am today and start from from there. So to kind of get the like why some people would want to do that. But you are not re- living two lives. Well, sort like of. You, no. you, the one who is gonna kill himself. You are actually just dying. The other you, the scan, doesn't yeah. even know that you killed yourself. Right. Right? Y- yeah. So there's really, there is no point in that, which is super interesting and weird. 
anyway just to finish the plot and to spoil the rest of it uh, <laughs> you basically woke up in that scenario because that first scan was like one of the first scans ever so that brain scan was saved as like a template for <laughs> development basically because it was one of the first like the basic scans so if you want to create if you want to study that and work with those scans that was like one of the oldest and it's like it's like hello world imagine that <laughs> you know computer programs have a life and conscience and the hello world is like being used everywhere um it's kind of like that right. so that's why um so it's like the lorem ipsum of <laughs> sure yeah sure <laughs> So the AI just like booted the, a random scan and I guess it went with Hello World or Alarm and you woke up there. So like that was you. So it was not really you, but it was you, which is... Whoa. Anyway, the plot is super awesome and Jesus Christ. It's like the... Your so that's character. a game? That is a video game, yeah. Damn. Now I kind of <laughs> want to play it. Yeah, I mean, gameplay is like, it's weak... To be honest, the plot is the only thing that kept me going, which right. is brilliant. But anyway, so yeah, <laughs> went on a on a limb there. But yeah, that's to say, like, if you scan yourself, there are two versions of you. So would you kill yourself? The physical you? Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing: it's it would, hard, it man. probably, it wouldn't be me. <laughs> it would be another person that is just like me. For the first second, it's exactly you. Uh, yes, but I mean, like, then okay. it's not really you because it has different experiences. Right, kind of but like, so, okay, let's say you kill yourself. Um, man, this is so depressing. Uh, uh, <laughs> let's say you kill yourself. Life would just stop for you, right? Like, you don't, mm -hmm. you don't have this magical awareness of knowing whatever this new person sees and feels right so like you you only ever see your side of the story you can have faith yeah. that like there's this other person it's almost like a complete it could be it might as well be a completely different person so it's a person that's gonna like react the same way that like you tend to react and is gonna have the same memory as you but for all intents and purposes it's it's a different person so i guess i mean i guess if you if you kill yourself it's just like Life's over, buddy. Like that, you're done, right? I think the only justification that I could that I can think of for you to kill yourself is the philosophical, grandiose thing of just having one pure version of yourself. That's the only. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's also kind of weird. Like, just in general, the whole concept because it's like, what? Why do you care if if you're dead? Right, like, because that version of of you, that copy, is not gonna be you. It's gonna be someone else. Like, it's mm. not like they were allowing you, <laughs> like, as a person, to keep living forever. Like, it's not like they were moving you to that new planet or whatever. Like, it's they were just creating, like, recreating some of the the individuals that were there. But for you, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like, you're you don't you have zero benefit of stay quote unquote staying alive in that like copy version of yourself well you get live more <laughs> well not really but but here's the thing like if you kill yourself so imagine that you 
your yourself, you were going from point A to point B. On point B, you make a copy of yourself, but you still do, do A, B, C. The copy of yourself did A, B, and D, right? So it didn't went to C, just it diverged to D. This is really hard to explain just on an audio format. Uh, <laughs> if you kill, if you the, the original you kill yourself, you don't get to experience A, B, C, because C never happened. Meaning that your uh, path is only A, B, D. Does that make sense? Uh, no. It probably doesn't. <laughs> can, can you draw, draw a diagram for us, please? Like every time, every time you make a, a clone or a copy of yourself, yeah. your path diverges, right? So yeah. you have two options. Yeah. If you kill yourself immediately after, if you kill yourself immediately after the scan, yeah. it doesn't diverge. You don't have two options, you just have one. That's like the the thinking behind it. Like you don't have bifurcated experiences in selves. It's just one singular uh, journey, if that makes sense. Right. <laughs> so this is very meta and philosophical, uh, but I, th- I think this is fascinating. By the way, <laughs> because n- I think this is this always was fascinating as a topic, but nowadays even more because. AI is such a real thing. Like it's right around the corner and it's freaky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, like what if, what if <laughs> the, the Siri team suddenly got like a million times better and Siri had feelings and thoughts and like, I don't know, like it should be a much better assistant for sure. But like, would it be ethical to like keep her tra- trapped into this device and like have her be forced? Kind of like to... uh, her, right? Yeah, it's the same idea, right? Like, yeah, I don't know about that. Very fascinating. <laughs> I think I watched too many <laughs> Black Mirror episodes. <laughs> and now I'm just starting uh, Westworld, so... You started? Yeah. I watched the first episode. Okay. Okay. So after you watch the second, after you finish uh, episode two, mm-hmm. then you have, basically, you you are allowed to think about this one theory that has, has been around since episode <laughs> two. And then, and then the whole show changes. By the way, the season finale is today after we finish this recording. Oh, sweet. But by the time people are listening to this, the finale is out there. So this is weird. You are in the future. All right. Uh, so we got an email from a listener. Um, so Ken Lee uh, sent us an email uh, and he said, Hey guys, I'm looking for more design focused podcasts to listen to. I'm currently subscribed to Design Details and Design Life as well as layout, of course. But I'm looking for something more focused on discussing specific instances of design problems, solutions, and case studies. My main uh, objective is to find podcasts that I can use to learn and improve myself as a designer. Any suggestions? Uh, And yeah, so I thought it it was interesting, a good question. Uh, And I'm sure a lot of listeners uh, might be wondering the same. Uh, So Rafa and I wrote down some suggestions uh, for different podcasts to listen to. Um, So yeah, I'd say uh, my first one uh, that I think would be the thing that 
matches your description uh, as closely as possible um, is uh, this new show that Bryn and Marshall Bach are working on. Uh, it's not going to be a podcast. It's going to be something that's going to be on YouTube. Um, but from what I've heard, it basically ticks all the boxes. Um, they're going to try to like discuss specific design problems. So should be really interesting. It's not out yet, but keep an eye out for it. Yeah, basically keep an eye on... Keep an eye out for spec because they're, they're going to release that pretty soon and it's going to be awesome. The second pick is also on spec and we're not saying this because uh, we're friends. Uh, <laughs> saying this because I generally uh, believe this and I love this show. It's called Immutable. It's a very short, uh, short show. Like it's what, like 20 minutes? Well, not 20, like 10 minutes. How long is it each, each episode? Like 30 minutes-ish. Yeah, it's like 20, 20 to 30 minutes. It's, it's a very short uh, show. And if you don't know, Bryn and Sam, basically it's like a designer and a developer, and they, they, they get pretty nerdy. Um, and there, there are episodes that are awesome, and they go like very technical, uh, and it's very fast-paced. So I remember one on typography. Uh, that was a great one. Uh, there's also one on like CSS. So each episode is very specific into something or, um, or like a theme. Uh, so you can just like go through the feed. We're gonna put links in the show notes. Go through the feed and try to you know pick one or two shows to to listen if you find the the, the topic interesting to you, and I bet that you're gonna like it. So if you haven't listened to it before, give it a shot. All right. Uh, so my next recommendation is Presentable uh, on Relay FM. So this is a podcast uh, by Jeff Veen. He was the CEO at Typekit. Uh, really smart designer and design thinker. And so he's uh, bringing in some some guests uh, and they're talking about different topics uh, about design. Their last episode is about uh, design leadership and where where it's going and what it means to be a design leader in like today's uh, landscape. So it's always like really interesting topics. So it might be worth checking out. My next pick is a very obvious one in... This is what one of the most famous podcasts out there. I think it's called Ninety Nine Percent Invisible. Uh, it's hosted by Roman Mars, and it's not necessarily like a show about design, as in like software tech design, like UI design. Uh, it has nothing to do with that, but it's a very high um, high production values, like super well edited, and it's all about stuff like man-made so it, it is everything like it's about stuff that is designed but it's not necessarily like software or ui or apps <laughs> so this i i think this is still one of my favorite episodes i don't know if you remember this one um the one where they talk about money like how the how the bills are designed all, all over the the world uh do you do you remember that one no i don't really listen to that show <laughs> Oh, okay, you, you really should. It's it's amazing. So there's this one episode. Like uh, by the way, this is a very long show. Uh, long as in it's been around since forever. So there's like hundreds of episodes, mm. I think. Um, but there's this one where the, he he was talking about uh, the the bills, how money is designed all over the world, and basically how U.S. money is. American money is pretty bad designed uh, and stuff like, for example, euros, um, like you without even looking at a bill, you can identify it by 
by size, by texture, by by the weight of the bill, right? Stuff like that. Uh, so anyway, it's it's like it's it's amazing. You learn a lot of new stuff. <laughs> it's give it give it a shot if you haven't. Ninety nine percent invisible. Again, we're gonna put links in the show notes. Cool. Uh, and so my last pick is Working File. It's this brand new podcast we just launched uh, this week, and basically it covers a different topic. Uh, every week. Uh, so they've just released episode one, uh, but they have six episodes planned so far and they get kind of this panel uh, of guests and have a discussion about that specific topic. I still haven't listened to the first episode, so it might be horrible for all <laughs> I know, uh, but it sounds very interesting uh, and it's definitely on top of my queue. Um, so yeah, give it a shot. Looks cool, yeah. I'm I'm also subscribing to this. I love the website, by the way. Yeah, looks awesome. Looks looks awesome. Okay, uh, that was it. I mean, you probably uh, give it a shot, uh, Ken. Uh, <laughs> is there a lot of picks? Uh, you have a lot of um, shows, episodes to go through. Uh, if you don't like it, uh, let us know. Or if any other of you, if you guys have any suggestions, like give it a give us a, a shout out on Twitter or. Uh, you can go to our Slack channel thing. Go to spec.fm slash Slack. And we have the layout channel. So anyway, um, give us let, let us know what what shows do you listen to, what podcasts do you listen to. Because I'm, I'm always uh, eager to find out new shows. Because mm-hmm. I like podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> Just make sure to listen to the layout first, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we go... We just recommended podcasts, but do you want to do like standard recommendations? Yeah, I mean, I kind of want to give a, a shout out um, to uh, some people who just launched a new app. Um, so mm. it's this app called uh, Conduct This. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's this brand new game for iOS uh, and Android, I believe. Um, and it's made from a very small indie team and... I don't uh, I don't know if you know uh, Michael Flareup, but he's the, the designer on it. He's like super awesome. Uh, we met at Layers last year, and I've been following him ever since. And he's like put a lot of effort into it, and it really shows. It looks awesome. It's really fun to play. I'm not a big gamer, uh, but I like definitely bought the the whole game and then started playing. My favorite little detail about it is how. Basically, the the idea of the game is that you're driving this train around uh, and you need to like move the tracks to make sure that like you don't bump into cars or stuff like that. But when you do like run into a car or something, uh, you have this like awesome explosion uh, and they use a taptic engine um, to give you the feel of like, oh boy, like I just hit something. Um, So it's really cool. uh, and I want to give them a shout out. Um, So yeah, there it is. I'm downloading it now. Yeah, I saw I saw this on on Twitter, uh, but I haven't had a chance to to get it. So I'm downloading it right now. Awesome. And I haven't had time to try this because <laughs> I um, well, you can blame Bryn and Sam Sofas and and Marshall for this, but um, <laughs> I bought the the new Pokemon game. Of course, of course, you did. I also had to buy a console to play such games, so I bought the Nintendo 2DS. Wow. Um, that thing's still around? Yeah, so it's like you have Nintendo 3DS, right? 
mm-hmm. the clamshell thing, but they released a 2DS, which is like a cheap version without 3D and without clamshell. It's just, <laughs> it just has a weird shape, to be honest. Right. Uh, but it's like it's like 70, 70 bucks. So with the game, it's like a hundred bucks. Okay. The game and the Nintendo DS. So it's That's not, not so super expensive. That's what, yeah. So I bought that, and let me tell you, uh, I haven't played a Pokemon game since Fire Red, I think, so the remakes of the original. <laughs> uh, so that was like ten years ago or something. And this is a pretty good Pokemon game. Like if you like Pokemon, do it. If you don't have a Nintendo, or if you stop playing Pokemon like me and you're wondering should i it's like it's a really kick in the nostalgia like <laughs> kicking the feels you really feel it it's it's it feels great <laughs> it's really cool so i've been having a lot of fun with that second recommendation while i was in san francisco uh, uh at thanksgiving we went to see this uh, new disney movie called moana or if in, you are in some uh european countries it's called viana they changed the name which is crazy. <laughs> they changed the name. Do you know why? Is it because it's easier to pronounce in some languages or something? Or no, I think what? I think it has. It's one copyright issues and trademarks something, and huh. the other one is like in some languages Moana means something weird. Oh, so okay, right. Like, they just change it. Uh, so I was because Apple Music is on under my like Apple ID, which is a Portuguese Apple ID, whatever. Mm-hmm. When I searched for Moana on Apple Music to find the soundtrack which by the way is amazing i couldn't because it's viana and they actually changed some of the songs they probably re-recorded it with you know saying viana and not moana which is uh, anyway anyway uh, i know Bryn didn't like that movie uh i know that i really did uh <laughs> it's like it's like a classic perfect disney movie right uh, it's not a pixar movie it's a disney movie it's a very solid disney movie and the soundtrack has been stuck in my head since forever so there you go all right with that uh that's it for the show guys um thanks so much for listening in Uh, if you want to follow us on twitter we are at layout fm uh kevin clark is uh on the twitters you are at vernal kick yeah this is new we don't usually say this still rocking that old username (laughs) me too dude rafa hari can't escape it since i'm like five uh So you can follow us on the Twitters. Again, like I mentioned early, if you want to uh, join us on our Slack uh, channel team thing, go to spec.fm slash Slack, request an invite, you'll get one. You can join the layout channel thing. Uh, if you want to listen to more shows, like we already mentioned again, <laughs> I feel like the <laughs> our show was a big outro. Anyway, uh, you can go to spec.fm and listen to a bunch of great, great shows by made by great people. Um, so do that. And um, yeah, we'll see you next week. And by see you, I mean, we'll talk and maybe you'll hear us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you. See you next week. All right, dude. Bye.